Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 146 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and it is my favorite coffee. I'm not just saying that. I drink it every morning. I'm serious. It's so good. They roast all the beans specifically for the order and then ship it out to your door, and all you have to do is just brew the best coffee you might ever have. I have bought so much Couchtown in in the last few years. They've been with us for a long time, been with Audible Farm for a long time. And I, one of my least favorite things is running out. So I always got to try to make sure I order some more before I run out because when I have to drink something else, I'm usually not too pleased about it. But it's my favorite coffee. And if you guys want to give it a shot, go to CouchtownCoffee.com, find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, let them know Audible Farm sent you, and they'll give you 20% off. It's that easy. It's that awesome. Trust me on this one. You're going to want to try it out. So take 20% off. Use the code word Audible Farm when you make an order. And uh, yeah, thanks, Couchtown. Appreciate it. This week, I'm sitting down with Emily Johnson. Uh, a nice preamble to this one. I didn't know Emily very well. I saw her sing at a couple jam nights. I had heard she was a good singer. And when I saw her sing at jam nights, I said, holy cow, she's a really good singer. So uh, I hit her up. I said, hey, you want to join the podcast? Took a little while. We got her on the podcast, and I asked her a bunch of questions about how she got to be where she's at. And she's, you know, like I said, she's a good, good singer. She recently started playing guitar and singing and doing solo shows as well. She plays with Corey Waller and The Wicked Things. Before that, she was with Salty View. So she's not a newcomer to the scene, even though I uh, am just now getting to know who she is. So it was nice to get her on the podcast and sit down and talk with her. I talked to her about all sorts of different things, um, how she got, you know, how she knew she was good at singing. That's something that always miffs me. I'm just not, I'm not the best singer. I'm not terrible, but I'm not the best singer. And when people can sing, I'm always just like, holy cow, because it's just something I, I can't really do. And it seems like it should be easy, but it's not easy. And then uh, I guess I found out that people who sing and they're good at it also have to practice too. So we talk about all sorts of good stuff in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. It's episode 146 with Emily Johnson. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. Your host, Peter Stockdale. Today I'm sitting down with Emily Johnson. Emily, you and I don't know each other very well, but you're not foreign to the music scene in Northern Iowa. That's something I've found out, even though, like, that's something weird because I've only been playing music publicly, quote unquote, for like. I don't know, like five years, and only been up in the Northern Iowa scene for like two-ish. So I don't really know everybody, but it's so funny because everyone's just like, Emily Johnson's so good at singing. So then you got to be like, okay, I'm a podcast guy. I got to figure out who this is. And then you showed up at a jam night, and I was just like, oh, yeah, she's really good at singing. You know, like everybody wasn't lying, you know, or whatever. So it was it was kind of the fun first meeting, you know, of you. You like went up there and played some songs on an acoustic guitar and sang and stuff. And, uh, you know, everybody tries to jam along with everyone, but nobody really knew your song. So you got to do it all solo. You did a great job. So <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely. So how did you f like get started in the music scene? I know you were a singer in Salty Views. Yeah. A um, while back. I, yeah, I started with Salty View, um, just, just shy of 17 years old. Um, 
back when I was in high school, obviously. Uh, but basically, my sister, Alyssa, she's, she's still in Salty Views. She got a call to come audition for this band. And she went, and they're like, yeah, you're great. Let's, you know, let's do this. And then she went to a couple practices, and she always promised me that um, if she ever got into a band, she would drag me along. And she was like, hey, do you want to come to a practice? I'm like, yeah, sure, it'll be fine. And, you know, I just kind of started singing along with some of the stuff, and by the end of the night, they're like, so do you want to do this? Or I'm like, um, of course I want to, but it's 16. I can't just be like, yeah, I'm going to go into these bars and play. Well, I, I, you know, and that's a thing that kind of sucks, but also I think like a lot of bars are pretty understanding about it for the most part. I mean, there is that like, depending on city ordinance, who can be in what bars, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of times they'll throw some leniency around for the performers. Oh yeah. It was never really, it was never really an issue. There was only one time I couldn't get into the beer garden and I was like, well, I have to play. What do you, like, you can't come in here. You're not of age. All right. I guess I'll just shake the tambourine outside the fence. I don't know. There was like a video online of uh, some kid that was in a band and he was too young to get in inside in a bar. So he like used a wireless unit and played outside like out the window. And so that's what he was doing while everyone was inside playing. And that was pretty funny. It's like some lone guy on the sidewalk playing a guitar and everyone's like, what are you doing? But it's all, <laughs> all the noises inside. So I don't know. I guess like what did you end up doing in that situation? Did, could you just not go in and that was the end of the story? No. We uh, drugged like Tim, Tim Salter over there. He's like, yeah, no, she's here. It's like, oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean, just don't drink. If we catch you drinking, you're out. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the other thing. People think like musicians are all just like wild human beings. And it's like, oh, I can't not drink, you know, or whatever. but it's like, I can't you... even vote at this point. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> that's true. That's very true. You know, it's pretty wild though, too. You have a, a sister that was supportive enough. I mean, you guys buddied up and we're just kind of like, if I got in a band, I'm bringing you with or whatever. Did you guys sing a lot together growing up? And that's why you were comfortable doing it? Oh yeah. Um, I have, I have another sister. I have two sisters, and my mom. She actually sang. She's the one who gave us, gave us the voice, and we'd always sing in church and stuff. And <laughs> Alyssa's the closest sister to me in age, so we always just were really close. We had to share a room when we were younger, and she was so mad about it. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, we just always have blended really well vocally, and um, I don't know. Yeah, she's just been the person that's always kind of kept me going with like challenging me vocally and, and musically and always showing me new stuff and you know we, we share a little bit of music together I guess but so you have more than one sister yeah does everybody sing in your family not the boys not the boys they are for show only <laughs> for show only so they play any instruments or anything like that or um I mean does high school band count sure why not uh, then yeah I get you know my brother played drums and my dad I guess played a mean trumpet back in the day but nice nice <laughs> Does anybody, so like, you you said you got a lot of your singing from your mom. Did she like sing around the house or where did you end up like kind of picking up that your mom could sing? Were you just like on car rides and she's just belting it out or? She would, there would always be music playing in the house. She would always sing. She was always singing for like weddings and for church and funerals. Like she was just the one he called. She was just so good. So she's like a side gigging mom for singing. Oh yeah. She's amazing. That's awesome. I mean, I'm not sure too many people actually have a lot of that because... As many musicians as I've run into, like, not too many people's parents also were musical or whatever, you know. I, I mean... just got lucky, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing against my parents. Like, my mom played the flute in high school, but, like, me and my mom have such an age difference, and my dad didn't really do anything. So, 
And, you know, we, I grew up and I listened to music with them, but it was never really, we all listened to a lot of talk radio on, on car rides. So it's like, it wasn't like something where, you know, p- people played music and they sang along. And if they did, they were just kind of goofing around. So I don't, I don't know. It's not like my parents weren't musical, but also I didn't really have that background to kind of lean on. My sister played piano and stuff like that, you know, before, during and after high school. And she doesn't really play much anymore, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I also like think it's pretty wild you had like the sibling support because not everybody also has that you know um and just to kind of throw it back into my own personal experience like my sister and I were not always very supportive of one another and I'm not I was I'll just say that and leave it at that because I don't want to be like we hated each other but (laughs) but you know we didn't always get along the best so we weren't always just like you can do it you know and like helping each other out and so it's pretty awesome that you had um at least one sibling that was you know willing to kind of give you the gusto to go do it whereas everybody else in your family kind of like this is cool like just like with the band um yeah they were all they were all really supportive of me i no one was ever like no you shouldn't do this this <laughs> this is going to be a bad choice for you to do it it was just mainly my parents being worried because they're parents and yes. you got a teenage kid going out to these bars with random people and you know you can't get in trouble yeah <laughs> Because otherwise, then you'll screw up everything for the band later. So you really, I really had to mind my P's and Q's when I was when I was younger. Yes. Oh, man. And that would be something also kind of wild because, like, I played in, like, a band in high school. But we, we didn't really play too many gigs, really. We played a lot of high school things. I think we only played, like, three gigs outside of the high school anyways. But we also, like, didn't play in any bars or anything. We played at, like, a, a swimming pool, like, in Livermore once for, like, Livermore Days. So, like, when they had, like, the downtown concert, all the kids were just like, I'm going swimming. And it's like, well, we got a punk band, you know, at the swimming pool. So we had, like, a bunch of that stuff going on or whatever. But, like, I didn't really get too much experience, like, going out and playing in bars until, like, I honestly, at an adult age, like, a very adult age, like, five years ago. So, I mean, there was a, a big stretch where I didn't play anything. But I think, like, some of that also comes down to, like, I didn't have anyone around me kind of, like, pushing me to to go do it, you know. And, and I think that's something also that I just don't really want to undersell too much is the fact that like having somebody supportive around you is probably a very beneficial thing, you know? Oh yeah. So, yeah. So, and that's, so your sister, you and your sister, you share a lot of musical like, uh, favorites, like bands and things like that. Or did you guys listen to the same music growing up or were you kind of at odds about stuff? Uh, growing up, I, it was mainly just streamlined through her. Like all of my, all of the things that I listened to was streamlined through Alyssa and my mom, Tammy, and just you know what they would play so it was a it was a lot of country at one point lots of george Strait. oh my god so much george Strait. <laughs> that was my mom's well, he still is my mom's favorite artist in the whole world there was a lot of christian music around in the house um i'd get some classic rock from my dad when we'd drive around and do stuff mm-hmm. but yeah I, you know that's something weird because i never really listened to too much country in my life and now i find myself playing with jesse wilson who plays a lot of country yeah. and it's just like we're gonna play this song and i because i don't have very much knowledge of it like everybody's name is like the same to me like george Strait equals toby keith equals and they're all just <laughs> the same person to me because i don't i don't can't tell the difference so there's like i mean i can but now that i'm playing more i get it but well if you were to try to talk to me about like hard rock and stuff like that or, or smooth jazz i wouldn't know yeah i wouldn't know you know adam from eve yeah. at that point i guess it's the same i never really thought of it like that because it's like metal bands it's like well slayer is metallica is megadeth they're all the same right and it's like <laughs> no they're not but it's you know black sabbath is iron maiden and like no no but i mean 
but they are, but they're not, you know, but that's a th- crazy thing too. There's so many different styles of music and you go to like the jam nights in Barnum, which, um, once again was where I, I first saw you sing. Um, but there's so many different people playing different styles of music and everyone kind of just like hops in and plays along with each other and enjoys one another's music. There's never, I've never once been there and have somebody be like, this music sucks. Just like yelling at somebody, which is wild to me. It's such an encouraging place there. Like if you go and even if you don't feel like you did a good job, everyone's like has your back. Everyone's trying to play with you and like encourage you to grow. This is a growing space. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was actually like our first interaction. Like I went outside. I was like, you did a good job today. You did good at singing, blah, blah, this, that, and the other. And you said like, you know, Hey, you did good too. And I felt like I was having a, a bad night playing wise. And I was just like, I don't know. And you were just pretty much like, shut up and take the compliment. And I was like, all right, all right. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> but that's pretty much what it is. Is like nobody there is ever dragging anyone down um nobody ever like questions anyone's abilities and if somebody's having an off night nobody's is just like get off the state you know it's just like well off night just let them keep doing it maybe they'll pick it up you know or last week they were great and maybe something's distracting them this week or whatever you know so that not everybody has a, a spot on night every night though too right i mean everyone has those bad shows or whatever but in that in that space you i feel like you're more free to try things, like try new things, you know, try playing the drums or, you know, yeah. I'm going to try this new, this new lick or I'm going to try to do this riff this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely say I've done a lot of that as far as like playing guitar where it's just like, it's like, I've been practicing something in the basement. Let's try and apply it in the real world. And then you show up and you're like, that didn't fit there. <laughs> but nobody's just like, dude, what did you do? You ruined my whole song. You know, nobody ever says that. So you don't get a dirty look like, what was that for? No, no. And that's the other fun thing is like, I would say the crowd there is like usually somewhere between like a third to 50% musicians and nobody's ever like, I mean, that's, those are the most, the most difficult people to play in front of, I think, are other musicians. It's oh, intimidating. It's, yeah. hundred percent. But at the same time, nobody there is just like, you know, arms folded like this terrible or whatever. And I, I always forget too, that people that like aren't musical, like almost can't tell a sour note, you know, it's, it's just like, it goes by so fast. They're just like, you did a great job. And it's like, oh, you, you missed those mistakes I made. And they're like, what mistakes you know and it's to them they don't know but i you know that's one of the other fun things i think about just going to those jam nights just how freeing it is to to play your own style because i play like a lot of blues but a lot of stuff that goes on there is like folk and country and acoustic type singer songwriter things but i get to just throw my spice in there and see what happens you know whether it be you know clint or jesse or jeremy ober or whoever but uh yeah yeah it's just a fun time all around and uh yeah i i should also say that like i asked you to be on the podcast like forever ago and then we just like completely forgot about it and then it wasn't until like a few weeks ago you were i was just like oh hey you want to be on the podcast and you're like yes i do i forgot and i was like yeah me too and then we scheduled it out and here we are so it's nice to have like a new face on here because i feel like i've been repeating a handful of people over and over again but it's nice to have somebody new on the podcast to, well, to talk to you. absolutely nice for the invitation yeah yeah i mean it's it is what it is, so I, I really do appreciate it. But, so you started out in Salty Views. How long did you sing with them? I sang with them for about five years. Jeez. Yeah, it was a long time. It was a good time. That, <clears throat> we had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of different band members in that five years. Got to see a lot of different people. We started out, when I first started out, it was me, Alyssa, uh, Tim Salter, and Paul Tompkins. He plays uh fiddle violin and guitar and he was amazing whoa i guess oh. i didn't know that was a lineup you guys had that's yeah. crazy back when we very first started it was it was nuts and then he hurt a shoulder 
and then Corey Waller. Uh, I met him with Wicked Things, and we uh, he came and played for like a season with us while Jay Clyde was taking a break, and that was super awesome. And then after that, we got Scott Kirkhart, and he's just such a just such a pleasure to play with. Yeah, Scott's a nice guy. He was one of those guys when I met when I first started playing music. I was just like. This guy's good. I'm nervous around him. And then you find out he's actually like, you know, just a normal human being, like every musician. And just you're a like, big old growly teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's such a fun guy. You know, I've been over to his place and hung out. And we've done podcasts together. He was the first guy I ever did a video podcast with. And it was, that was also nerve wracking to be like, oh, we're on camera now. So I don't know. We should, you know, look at the camera. I don't know what we're doing. But, you know, and he's got that, um, Gosh, Broken Strings, the 367 initiative where he's trying to donate all the guitars, you know. So like you yeah, said, he's yeah. just such a nice guy. I don't know. I'd, that's crazy. How how difficult was it to go from like one guitarist or other musician in the band? Because I mean, Tim is like the mainstay yeah. in the band. Mm -hmm. But how was it to like have band members shuffle in and out? Because I've, I've only been in a few bands that have ever had that happen, really. It was... I don't know. It was kind of new and exciting. I mean, you were sad to see the other people go because, you know, you had spent so much time with them and had a lot of experiences and you loved how they play. You knew how they played. You knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, but it was still really exciting to get like fresh blood in there and see what they could add. Mm -hmm. What, you know, like you said, what kind of spice they can throw in and see if it mixes. Yeah. I don't know. It was just really, it was a really fun growing experience, especially at that time in my life when I was so young and just really just dipping my feet into the music world and trying to get a handle on what I was trying to be mm -hmm. really shaping my musical style and, um, just how to present yourself in front of people Yeah, and how to perform. I'm still, still working on that part, but <laughs> well, I think we're all still working on that to an extent. Cause I even, even like just a few episodes ago with Caleb Ferry, he gave me some advice or gave everyone some advice cause it was on the podcast and I was just like, I'm taking that and running with it, you know? And I was like, you know, I've been playing music for like five years and it's like the most basic advice. And I was just like, all right. And I can't believe I never really like tried to apply it as much as I did before. You know, it was pretty much just like, if you're playing high energy music, it probably beneficial to be high energy on stage, Right. which I've always been slightly active because I play in a punk band, but like the last show, I just went like absolutely nuts and I was just all drenched with sweat and I got off the stage and people were just like, that was insane. And it's like, it's the same show we always played, but I guess like having that energy on stage kind of made other people enjoy it more, you know? So, oh gosh, yeah. The way you present yourself in front of people and like on your stage, it shows when you're having a good time Yes. and it shows when you're having a bad time. Oh, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> especially if you have a really expressive face um it's game over um yeah yeah i like to think i have like a nice poker face but i very much don't um i wear my heart on my sleeve fortunately or unfortunately for anyone around me i guess but Alyssa used to get so mad at me when like one of us would mess up and i'd like whip my head over to see what was that and she'd be like stop doing that <laughs> it looks bad i'm like i'm sorry yeah i mean that's the other thing too is like when you're on stage and someone makes a mistake yeah it's it's better just to laugh it off than it is to be like what like and just completely like turn your head at everyone like who did that you know because it kind of calls out the mistake almost you know oh yeah hundred percent yeah so I don't know <laughs> I guess it is what it is but we're all still learning and that I think it's one of the most important things about music is just the fact that we all are still learning I I mean there's people that are you know twice both of our ages and still learning and going along and figuring out their stage presence and continually morphing their sound around and how they do stuff well that's the beautiful thing about music i mean you can you can be you know 17 years old you can be 35 you can be 90 yeah and like you are not going to know everything there's still 
things to learn and work on and different styles to do. And I don't know, there's always something you can always keep growing. And once you stop growing that it's game over, why are we even doing this anymore? Yeah. I mean, I, I never really thought of the parallel too much, but it's kind of like an artist, like an artist could be like a sculptor, a painter, somebody that draws something like that. But like, there's no, I mean, as musicians, we, you think like, oh, this person can play every style or play every, you know, sort of play every instrument or whatever, but it's not like that. Cause you know, somebody that can sculpt might not be able to paint or maybe somebody's good at watercolors, but not good at oil painting or something like that. Right. We've got a visitor. Hi dog. <laughs> Go over here, Go over here and see. Every now and then we get a visitor in the podcast. Lady Dog has entered the building. So if you're watching the video, you get a bonus. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's go. Let's see if I can get back on track here. <laughs> so Salty Views. You had a bunch of lineup change. Well, I wouldn't say a bunch of lineup changes. But, you know, I always thought it was kind of fun because they were one of those bands that always had a really big stage presence. There was always, like, a nice backdrop, lights, you know. Sometimes there was a smoke machine, you know. And you guys had the, the full Monty as far as I was concerned. It's not that other people don't. But Tim is very fixated on having a good looking show. I mean, you can sound great, but still like look like crap on stage. He was very, very aware of how we looked and he always made it look amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard that too. Like if you look good, you sound good kind of deal, you know? And, um, I mean, you hear with your eyes or things like that, you know, cause that is definitely something if somebody looks professional on stage or looks the part, I guess I'm going to use air quotes, you know, looks the part then it totally adds to what's going on as opposed to like, it's some, it's not always necessary though. That's like the other thing I got to say, like you can do whatever you want on stage. Like I play in a punk band with like a 40 year old guy who wears like cargo shorts and flip flops. And it's like, the fun part about that is he goes up there and people are like, what is this? And then he just shreds the hell out of a guitar. And it's like, there you go. You know, like it's, that's why it's, yeah, it's surprising. It's almost like it doesn't fit and that's why it fits. And that's one of the, my favorite things about that. But yeah, I remember you talking about like trying to, express yourself on stage like maybe not so much with your face with your emotions but like to do it in a positive fashion i recall being in a, a metal band and like we played some pretty intricate stuff in the first show i was just like stayed in one spot like didn't move at all and i was just like oh no oh no and it like it just didn't look good but by the time i played with them a handful of times i got comfortable and you're doing the whole like you know point the guitar around and do all that nonsense like they do in metal bands or whatever but oh yeah i'm still working on that i I'm very much like a park and bark kind of person. Like I'll just stand there <laughs> and sing and because I don't know. I'm just not as I'm getting more comfortable with the people that I'm around and moving around. I'm just mostly nervous. I'm going to trip and fall. Mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty much the only thing stopping me, but it, it definitely shows when there's comfortability in a band and like with a person in the music, when you're able to like walk over and play with them or, you know, I don't know, just sharing looks across the stage, mm -hmm. engaging when you're not singing. Yeah. I don't know. It just really makes it, it makes it, I don't know. Yeah. I recently, I mean, I'm wearing the shirt for everybody watching the video, but I, uh, I'm wearing my pork tornado shirt and I saw those guys on stage and they just had like such a fun stage presence around each other. They really like seemed like they were just hanging out, having fun. And that kind of added to it. I mean, even in between songs, stage banter, it was just like, man, th even this is on a different level, you know? So there's always something you can watch every band do and be like, ah, oh, we could probably, you know, improve this or whatever, you know, whether it be, Stage banter, the way you dress, the way you look, the lights, you know, um, singing harmonies, whatever. You know, it could be a lot of different things. But I think you got a really good look into that with Tim and Salty View because, I mean, I guess if nobody's seen them, I'm going to say it again. They're 
they're wonderful. They're it's it's a wonderful stage presence. It's a very good band. It's a very full sound. That's another thing that um, should never be undersold. Um, I've only ever seen them once, and the one time I saw them, I they were down at Shiny Top, and the place was so packed. I like parked like two blocks away and walked in and was just like, I'm going to watch them for one song and then just leave because I'm antisocial. And that's what I did because it was just so, so packed. And I was, you know, there's, that's a place where if you don't show up early to a good band, it's going to be full, you know? Oh, yeah. You're standing like in the back by the bathrooms like, this sounds so good. Yeah. I can barely see them, you know? <laughs> but that's another fun place. That was, that was a good one for me. Like I've had those venues around town that i see everyone play at and it's like i gotta check these off my list you know i gotta play there i gotta play there and when i finally played there i was like this is so cool or whatever you know and there's a lot of those places in fort dodge now like oh yeah it's starting to pop off really you know you know shining top and and river hops with their back patio and mm-hmm. you know even community sometimes on the patio like it's just such a good vibe to be like specifically outside yeah. During the summer. It's such a different vibe from the crowd because everyone's just there to have a good time. And I don't know. Music just sounds better outside, in my opinion. I think I think there's probably some truth to that. I also think, like, in the very little bits of sound work I've done, it's probably easier to do things outside, too. Because when you're inside, it's like, I got to be loud, but I can't be too loud. And if your stage volume's too loud, then you got feedback. And you got to, like, always, like, try and balance things. And I'm not... You know, I'm not Brad Hofing or anything, so I can't like go pro on everything. But, um, but yeah, I mean that's another, that's another one I gotta gotta get him on the podcast eventually. But he always ducks me, so that's his his call. So. He's kind of quiet. Yeah, I bet he could open up. He's a nice guy. <laughs> Listen, you get a few beers in anyone there. <laughs> oh my gosh, they'll be a, talking. Get a few beers in me. I don't know what would happen. Yeah. <laughs> so after Salty View. Um, I know you play with Corey Waller and the Wicked Things now, but did you just go from one to the next, or was there a break in the middle, or how did that work? I took a break. Um, after after playing for five years, I, um, I was just really tired. I was really tired of the bar scene. I'd been in it for so long. I just I felt like I needed a break, and I, like, I, was, I was getting like anxious about going to shows and just like not wanting to go, not wanting to drive. And then, you know, I'd get there and it'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But just the simple fact that I was dreading going to shows, just that didn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. And I'd never wanted to be that person. I just never wanted to be that person that hated what they were doing. Not that I hated it, but just having that feeling of dread going to do something that you're supposed to love. Yeah. Absolutely hated that. Yeah. It's, it's one thing. Cause like, I know exactly where you're coming from. So like when you first start, your heart is in it like 150%. You want like every drop of it. Like we're playing where I'm in. Don't care. Right. You know, and when that starts to dwindle away, like it does with a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people go through that. Um, I would would say the majority of musicians go through that. When that starts to dwindle away, it's kind of just like, man, what do I do? Do I... Your options are pretty much like, I can take a break for a while, or I can just quit, which is pretty much what I did through the majority of my 20s, which is not the right answer for anybody wondering. Don't just quit. So, I don't know. But I, I totally identify with that, for sure. So, what did you do instead? Let me ask you that. Um. Well, in that year, I just kind of like relaxed, and I actually went out and had fun with my friends for the first time in forever. Um. I worked on some solo stuff for a while after I just, I just didn't want to be out in that scene for a minute. Mm -hmm. So pretty much I just 
I just worked on myself, like playing and just trying to figure out what I wanted to sing and what I wanted to say. And then after a couple months, I'm like, I kind of miss it. I, <laughs> I want to try this again. So I decided to try to book a couple shows solo and I did that and it was so nerve wracking. I was terrified for my first show, like chain smoking on the way there, shaking visibly, sweating. Then I get to sound check and it's like, fine. I'm like, what is this? I do have to say the irony of you chain smoking and then singing like a songbird is, is pretty hilarious, first <laughs> and foremost. But, but I do also get that. I've played a couple of solo shows and I always just tell people, you feel naked. You feel naked up there. Like oh, there's God. nowhere to hide. There's nobody to hide behind. Nobody to harmonize with. Nobody to help you do anything. Exactly. It's all on you. No one's got your back but you. And you're like, if I mess up, this is all on me. And you got to learn to rock with that. Yeah. Um, and or, I'm, <laughs> or, or practice so much that you don't mess up. And you're like, yeah, never mind. It's good. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing, though. I always feel like if that one mess up, it's just whether or not it be like I missed a, I missed a note on the guitar. It's like the meltdown just feels like it's imminent. Like you got to try everything you can to keep the wheels on to, oh, to not screw up, you know? <laughs> so like you feel your face get red and hot. And you're like, that was so bad. And then everyone else is like, it was great. Are you sure? But that comes back to like we – we have a very supportive music community here. It's not like that everywhere. And I'm not dogging on every music community because I haven't been to every music community, but I've been in a few and not all of them are this supportive. Oh no. We have such a good group from like the Fort Dodge area. Just everyone is so supportive. They will show up. If they don't have anything going on, they will be there. If you need something, like if you, if you don't have a cable or like something busted, you can call someone and be like, yeah, I got it. I'll be there in 10. Yep. Um, I recently ran into that with a capo. Like I was at a show and someone's like, I don't have a capo. And it's like, I know a guy or whatever. And then, you know, somebody calls somebody up and boom, they show up with a capo. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's not like you should have been prepared. You're a horrible person. Like, like, Hey, things happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm always one of those guys. It's just like, all right, I need, I need three cables. So I brought seven, Yeah. you know? So that's like always been what I've been, you know, I guess I was, that was grilled into my brain from like a previous bassist I played with. Cause he, he always just had like a luggage rack full of cables and everything else. And it's like, all right, now that he's not around, I'm that guy, you know? And it's kind of nice to be like extra prepared, but you always, you can't always be that prepared. Cause like I said, that one time I didn't have a capo. So it's like, well, what do we do? We got to hit somebody else up, you know? And I don't know, but yeah, the, the solo show I played, I ended up like, doing electric and acoustic together and I used a looper so that was like my way of like hiding behind myself you know so it's like well if there's two guitars playing and I'm the only one playing and one of them's automated for the most part at least I can hide a little bit but oh man I still I like I said I've only done a couple solo shows ever and I don't know if I would I don't know if I won't, I won't say I would never do another one but I'm not really like chomping at the bit to do another one like what are your thoughts on that because how many did you end up doing solo then uh, I only did, honestly, I only did like two or three and then COVID hit. Oh no. So I was like, well, um, guess I'm going to stay in my house and practice some more. <laughs> and on, I did. I had two months off of work cause we, we couldn't work. And I literally just woke up every day and played for like an hour, go back, do something else, play for another couple hours. And be like, I'm bored. Let's do something. My calluses got so huge <laughs> at the end of that. The, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But yeah. now I'm just thinking, like, 
we're going to come back to this. Like, I'm not much of a singer, and you are a singer. So when you're playing at your house alone, are you, like, belting it out full bore, like, to sing along with what you're doing? Or do you just, like, hum along and just be like, I know how to sing this. I mean, that's not the hard part. Or, like... Oh, no. Full bore. All the time. My dog gets a concert every day. <laughs> so... I, I guess I don't see why it would be any different than the guitar because it'd be like, well, I don't need to practice this because I know it or whatever. You know, it's, I guess it's the same concept. It's just your voice and not not a wooden instrument in your hands. Well, yeah, I guess. But I mean, after you do something so many times, you kind of, I don't know, maybe get a little bored with it. Like, what else could I put in here to make it a little more unique, make it a little bit more me, you know, mm-hmm. give it a little bit of vibrancy to where it was. So a lot of it's just practicing old songs trying to like zhuzh them up a little bit and then trying to learn new things so I can grow both vocally and instrumentally just because I feel like I'm so far behind the curve in guitar. I am not a very good guitar player and I just, I don't want to be, you know, the person who can just sing and not play guitar. That's not. I don't think you're that far behind because there's like a lot of people I know that started later. I mean, I'm not going to put anyone on the spot, but I, I don't think Clint Riedel started until he was older, you know, and he's doing what he's doing now. So it's like, you know, you're never too far behind anyone. You got plenty of years ahead of you to keep going. So just, I mean, yes, you are correct. Yes. That is, that is true. It's just, I want, I just want to be better. So that's why I practice. <laughs> I want to be better. So I practice. Yeah. Do you ever feel like when you're playing guitar, uh, I'm going to hearken back to my days when I first, like, when I first started playing guitar, I was like, I know some open chords. I know some power chords. I'm so good, you know? And then eventually you realize, like, I'm not that good. And you got to practice. And I, I feel like I hit this weird plateau that I just couldn't get over for the longest time. And then out of nowhere, it was just like a light bulb went off and I just took off to the next level. But now I'm also on that, I'm back on that plateau again. So I got to figure out what to get to the next level. Do you ever feel like any of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. Especially like, if and if I'm listening to certain music over and over, I'll kind of learn what they're doing and all that. And then I just feel so, yeah, plateaued, I guess. There's always a drive to try to keep changing a little bit something in your tone or trying to learn how to how to do this rift or get down into like the deeper registers or higher registers or just trying to find a way to to improve and make things more interesting, I guess. So it does translate to singing as well then i was that was like gonna be my next question but you kind of already answered it because i was just like you know with guitar it's like i gotta learn the blues then i gotta learn rock now i gotta learn metal and i gotta learn what you know whatever it is but i guess it's like you said you gotta learn how to do the things you wouldn't normally do while singing because you could just sing the straight notes and call it good enough but there's you know um this is gonna be me being a novice singer but you could do like the christina aguilera like whoa whoa," you know like all that stuff up there you know and you know all the high-end stuff but you could also like get really down low if you really wanted to try and do some of that so i guess there is like some sense of practice that you would have to do so i mean that's that's just something else like i remember when i interviewed carson i just asked her like a million questions about singing because it's like how how do you do this you know like i just i just don't know how to sing very well so i'm i guess that makes me sound like a kind of a newbie but i'm also like not i'm not bad but i'm just not you know, I'm not as good as some people, so. That's, you know, you just told that to me with guitar. You're not bad, but you're not as, you know, you're not as good as some people, you know. There's always someone who's going to be better. There's always someone who's going to be, be that. You have to find where you fit. Man, a lot of younger people are giving me a lot of really good advice lately, and it's kind of crazy. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be like, I'm, I'm in my 30s, I know everything, but it's kind of crazy, because I guess you can learn something from everybody, because that's very true, honestly. Um, 
you know, and the other thing, I like to tell people this, like nobody else, you know, nobody else plays guitar like me. Nobody else sings like you, you know, nobody else plays guitar like you either, you know. So even at whatever talent level you're at, you're still your own person regardless, you know. So that's always something to think about because I'm always just like, I wish I was, you know, Jeremy Ober or whatever, you know. Right. But, it, but it's like, well, Jeremy Ober is Jeremy Ober, you know. I can be me and I could try and emulate Jeremy Ober, but I, I'm still all, always going to be me. Right. So. You can, you can try, but it's never going to be that. You're never going to be that. Yeah, and how do I, I don't know that there's stuff I do that Jeremy's like, that was neat. I'm going to try and figure that out, you know? Like, exactly. I, I don't know that, you know? Maybe he's doing that. Maybe he's secretly stealing all my riffs. No, I don't <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not, but, but you never know. You never know. So you did some solo stuff, but COVID hit and kind of squashed that. Are you looking to go back to doing any solo stuff? Because now you are with Corey Waller and the Wicked Things in... Uh, what, what I would call another very established band. You know, for only having like, you know, five shows under the belt, it feels fairly established for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the, the perfect storm for that to happen. But yeah, I do. Everyone else is so busy. They're all in other bands or, you know, doing solo stuff. So it honestly kind of pushes you to be like, yeah, I can do that too. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, when you're doing solo stuff, that's just you. Like you said before, there's no one else to rely on. So you can kind of do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And then you can also fulfill the other side where, you know, if you want to sing harmonies or do more, um, <laughs> I articulate it. I don't know. Do other things. Then you get that need fulfilled as well. Like it's, it's just a balancing act, I guess. Yeah. I, and you know, and when you're with a band, it's not like you have to fall in line, but I always feel like there's a certain thing everyone's trying to get out of the band you know like it's like you know we're in Corey waller and we're making pizza you know but like by yourself you could be like i'm making tacos you know or something so you can like change it up if you want to but like over there it's just like well i'm i have to be pepperoni over here but over here i can be whatever i want to choose to be or whatever yeah i guess in a sense um not to throw the weird analogy of food out there but food's good it's fine i'm i'm the analogy guy so <laughs> no i just there's something very fulfilling in having um Having both sides, you know, having that solo option to do whatever you want and having that band close-knit, like, togetherness, to have that feeling of having everything come together at the right time. It's it's really nice, but, yeah, I do, back to the question, I do have a few solo shows coming up here, and, yes, I am pretty excited, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> nice. Do you have, like a like, a Facebook page for you as a musician to steer everyone towards your shows, or is it just going to be one of those, like go find the show and come to it kind of deals probably the latter i uh yeah i don't have a facebook page for that i guess probably should that'd be that'd be a good avenue to go down but yeah pretty much i just post whatever and whoever shows up shows up I'm like all right cool there's six people sounds great <laughs> you know sometimes I, when i go to shows like that i'm like this is nice when not many people are here because then i don't have to worry as much but it's also like a million times more fun when more people are there it's more nerve-wracking but it's also just like oh i'm having more fun they're having more fun everyone's having more fun so. oh yeah well then if you mess up like more people to kind of cover it up i guess usually yeah. when it's there's a lot of people it's loud so <laughs> yeah that's true that's true I, you know, I think the, the Corey Waller and the Wicked Things um, was one of those like perfect storm type deals where like it's fresh out of COVID. Um, Jay Clyde has um, been on a, a hiatus or they're done playing. I'm not 100% sure what their status is, but they're not really booking or doing shows at the moment. So 
uh, he formed a new band, and he's a hell of a singer-songwriter, and he's and he's backed up by some really good musicians all around him on everything, um, whether it be, you know, I'm not, I, I hate naming people out in bands, because I always feel like I'm going to leave somebody out and just be that dick, so... <laughs> Who who's in the band? I'll ask you and let you let you leave somebody out. All right. <laughs> so it's it's Corey Waller. Uh, there's Ronley King, Etheridge Nett, Caleb Ferry, and then me. So there's five. I could have named all of you. <laughs> I I did that when I was talking to Caleb too. I was just like, uh, I don't I think I'm gonna miss somebody. But I don't. Yeah, I, I would have gotten them all. I'm not. I don't have that bad of a memory. But so yeah, and that's. You know, each one of you guys on your own are insanely talented musicians. And it's kind of crazy that, like, the five of you come together and now you're in a band together. And it's like, it's almost just feels like it's undeniable at that point, you know? The first first time we all got together, I got a message from Corey, like, in February or something. He's like, hey, uh, I'm trying to start this band. You want to be a part of it? And I was like, well, I mean, yes, I do. (laughs) let me name a few like things that I want covered first before I decide to say yes. <laughs> and then like it was radio silence for a month. I'm like, okay, so maybe not. Mm-hmm. And then I get a message. Hey, we're all meeting up at river hops on this night. You want to come? Like, yes, I will be there. And that was the first time we really all kind of were able to hang out as a band, kind of feel everybody out. I had known everyone, but Etheridge pretty much. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, seeing them or singing with them or jamming with them, whatever, had a feel for who everyone was. But, yeah, we had that first get-together, and that was kind of fun, testing out the waters. But when we got together for our first practice, that was, it was kind of a fun little moment. I mean, it was just, (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. It just, everything just felt right. Yeah. Like in that moment, everyone was together, even though it was just the first time playing, it felt almost kind of tight. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I don't know. Because Corey and Ron Lee have played together, but the rest of you have not ever played together really with, with each other or anyone else in the band. So no, not in a, not like this really. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things too. When you pull in random musicians, sometimes it doesn't always mesh super well. You know, no. um, I mean, you can see that at, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but you can see that at jam night sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just like, well, this didn't quite work out. Let's swap somebody out here, you know, and it's nothing against anybody, but sometimes the styles do, just don't mesh as well as they could or whatever. And it's kind of cool when the pieces all fit together like that, you know, everything just falls into place. Did he have like songs already written that you guys practiced beforehand and then you showed up and then played? Or was it like the first day he was just like, this is kind of how we're going to do it. Let's see what happens or... Uh, he pretty much, they all like, they came together and made a set list and basically just had like a Spotify page and sent it out. And we, that list was basically what we were going to pick and choose from, you know, throw a little bit in, take a few out. But I sat there and listened to that playlist for all day, every day for probably two weeks, just trying to learn. And then he'd send out, you know, a few songs that we'd try and he had a few originals that he'd you know, either recorded or just had on his phone and he sent it out to us to learn. And basically we just picked a handful of songs like, all right, we're going to work on these today. And that first, that first one, uh, everyone like came prepared. I think everyone was super nervous to mess up. Mm -hmm. So everyone came super prepared. I don't know. It just, it gels for some reason and I can't really explain it. And I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, it also helps when everybody comes prepared because I've been in situations where not everyone came prepared. But like every time I ever like quote unquote tried out for a band, 
they were like, here's the material. This is the date we're getting together. And I remember like when I joined the metal band that I joined, they gave me all of the songs, all the material. And they were just like, learn the songs you want to and show up to this thing. And they were like, what songs do you know? And I was like, all of them. And it's like, what? And I was just like, yeah, I learned them all. Like, I'm not just going to show up and be like, I learned half of this song. I know the bridge to this song. And if you can play the solo, I can do this or what? It's, I didn't didn't want to go that route. And I feel like that's what a lot of you guys all did. You just kind of showed up and the pieces fit, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So you got Corey Waller and the Wicked Things. You guys played at Crash My Crater, which I was not in attendance at. And I was sad. I had taken... Um, an odd booking. I was running some sound and doing some video and audio recording for somebody somewhere else, which is not something I do like a ton of, but it's something I had agreed to do. So I, I went and did that instead. And then I was just like, it was literally like the day before I was just like, I'm going to miss crash my crater. Like, that's how like, oh, yeah, I just like didn't compute my brain until then. And then, you know, the show ended up going really well and stuff. And I saw videos of crash my crater, but it's not like being there, unfortunately, but how was the show? Let me ask you that. It was wet. Yeah. <laughs> it was real wet. We were trying to sound check and the rain's like coming in at an angle, like smacking us in the face, getting all of our stuff wet. We're like, all right, let's try to try to run this quick. And But literally the sun came out and the rain stopped like right as we were starting to play. It was, <laughs> it was a moment. It was beautiful. <laughs> it was so fun though. It's my first time ever playing at crash my crater and everyone was super nice and like helpful and it was just such a good time the crowd was super receptive and mm -hmm. the place was packed from all the videos i saw like oh from God. the start to the finish it was packed it wasn't just like the headliners came out now it's packed shoulder to shoulder the whole time whole time yeah and i'm like i said i was i was at a show and ours was the one i was at was indoor but i was also like out in and outside every now and then and it was like this weird mist that just like you said it kind of just it wasn't like rain was falling straight down or coming in like sideways or anything but it was just kind of like everywhere going everywhere all the time so even though there was an awning i'm sure everybody on stage didn't matter where you stood you were going to get wet and that's it was, they were literally mopping the stage oh like swabbing gosh. the deck it was wild <laughs> but kudos to them for still going because i mean i mean i guess they could have canceled it but there's no way they were going to cancel it you know they would have found a way to continue somehow oh gosh yeah i mean they were like rain or shine we're doing it like, okay let's do it oh my gosh i feel so sorry for everybody up there with their expensive instruments or whatever you know like getting rained on and stuff but i guess what insurance is for yeah and you're also not just gonna buy an instrument and not use it too so i mean it'd be like have i mean i guess people do it with cars i was gonna use cars as the analogy but still you know you get what i'm saying it's not like you're gonna have a nice thing and then just never use it or show up with like i usually play this really fancy thing i'm gonna show up with a 200 dollars one instead you know i mean you could but it I shows know. it sounds not the same yeah uh, very much so yeah because i've i mean i've been going through different gear lately with different bands trying to figure out like what fits what and i've brought like little things and cheaper things and more expensive things and um not like the more expensive things always sound better but no but you find something that fits usually and uh more often than not it's it's a quality type deal because like i said you can't just you could just show up with a squire and just be like we're gonna play this but like it, it might sound better with like a prs or something you know whatever guitar but um you know, it's pretty wild though. Like, uh, I really wanted to go to that show and I still haven't seen Corey Waller and the wicked things play. And I only saw Jay Clyde a few times. And so I do know what Corey Waller's all about. And I've had him on the podcast once 
and I've scheduled a couple other interviews with him, but we couldn't make ends meet because um, he's a busy guy. You know, that's another thing that he is as a human being. You know, not that everyone else isn't busy, but <laughs> oh yeah, that and babies and band stuff and it's yeah. nuts. Yeah, and I guess yeah, Ronley just just had a ba- oh Ronley didn't have a baby, but Ronley's wife had a baby, so like <laughs> two of them actually. Yes, exactly. Um, so Ronley's got some new workers. That's going to work out for him. Future guitar players. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, and that's that's another thing. Like, I just respect so many people, and not just, like, as a guitar player to another guitar player, but, like, you as a singer and, like, Alejandro Trevino as a bassist or even, like, Owen. I play, you know, shows with Owen, and it's just like, you know, why are you so good or whatever, you know, but he practices. That's always the answer to everything. <laughs> why are you good? I practice. That's what everyone always says, but... You know, that's something else I learned, though, too, talking with Owen, was I think everyone learns in a different fashion. Like, Oh, yeah. So how did you start learning guitar then? Did you just learn by yourself? Did you go to YouTube? Did you just print out a chord sheet and go to town? Or what? how did you pick that out? Uh, actually, uh, my youth pastor taught me how to play guitar when I was, like, 14. Nice. I was like, well, he taught me how to play bass. You can try to do this. Let's just start. And it was the hardest thing is starting. Yes. Because you're just, I just want to be good at this right off the bat. And you're not. You're like, my fingers hurt and everything. Nothing's working right. Everything's squeaking and buzzing. It's terrible. I heard a comedian once say, like, if there weren't already people playing guitar, I would think it was impossible, which is like such a good assessment because when you first start playing guitar, everything's foreign. Like the movement of this hand is foreign. The movement of this hand is foreign. Putting pressure in these places is foreign. And that's like, well, now you have to change on the fly and do this. And like, that's weird. Cause it's like, everything should just be cut and dry and easy. And it's, it's not as easy as you think it's going to be, unfortunately, but I don't know. I actually did start when I first started playing guitar, I started in a church as well. And I think a lot of people have learned from going to churches. Um, Oh, yeah. It's, it's a nice place to cut your teeth because everyone's going to be really nice. Yeah, it's a very forgiving crowd. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for darn sure. <laughs> um, so you learned there. Did you, like, end up putting it down after a while, or did you really not put it down and you just started hitting it heavy here recently, or how did that work out? Um, well, I, I started learning, and I tried to get enough to where I could, like, sing in front of people and do it comfortably because that's, like, the whole goal. I wanted to be able to sing music, play music, and... um I guess I did take a break for a little while. I wasn't practicing like every day. I wasn't practicing heavy, you know, when I was like 18, 19, mm-hmm. going to school and all that. Just kind of fell off the back burner. I'd pick it up every once in a while, but I really started practicing more uh, in the last, you know, two years. Mm-hmm. Really hitting it almost every day, or at least, you know, every other day. Mm-hmm. Just for a little bit, just to, you know, keep my voice up and keep my fingers broken in, trying to learn things. Did you say earlier that you have tried to write some of your own material? Yes. All right. Um, now, forgive me, because I'm not the... I, I listen to music, and I'm a musician, but I don't know everything. So I, there's sometimes people who play songs, I'm like, that's a cool song you wrote. And they're like, it's actually it's this person's song or whatever. So there's a lot of that that goes on with me, because I'm just ignorant. Or I don't know if ignorance... Yeah, ignorance is the right word. Whatever. <laughs> but um, have you went out and played any of your own originals before? Is there, uh, she's shaking her head no for people not, not watching. Uh, can I ask why, or is it just something you're just trying to still hash them out or? It, everything's always a work in progress. I, um, I guess I have a hard time expressing, expressing myself anyway, and writing it down isn't always the best. I can't ever, I can't even talk. So, um, that's that. 
it's just a confidence thing probably. And I don't know. I just, uh, they need more work. Everything always needs more work. But at what point in time does something not need any more work? I don't know. That's that's, <laughs> that's the question. That's the wonderful question. That's a $64,000 question. And, you know, and I, I get that too. Cause like I play guitar, I've tried to write songs. Um, I've got a bunch of like half written nonsense on my computer where it's just like garbage. And then you just set it down you go to something else and you like half write a new song or whatever, where you have like a riff and it's like, I can't figure out the way to connect all these riffs that I made or whatever to make something exactly viable or whatever. And that's the other thing too, though. I, I've talked to a lot of people about this and spun a lot of ideas, ideas off of them, but sometimes you need to bring somebody else into the fold or sometimes you need to also like understand like you wrote all this stuff and somebody else didn't. So to them, it's a hundred percent fresh and something to you that you might think is like a tired and old idea might actually be something that's like so fresh and new to somebody else. They might enjoy it. Right. Exactly. It's just trying to present it to trying to find the opportunity slash comfortability to present something that's half done. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like to half ass anything, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. And going in there, I don't know, writing just doesn't come naturally to me as easily as it does to other people. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean... Singing comes naturally to me. Writing does not, and that's something that I am working on this year. Like, that's that's a goal that I want to reach. I want to be more comfortable in writing things down and making that, making that happen. I will have to say, I also, um, I cannot sing, but, uh, no, but, uh, writing doesn't really come natural to me either though. Like, um, I think some of that might just be the fact that people like you and I don't do it enough, you know? And like you said, you practice it more this year and you never know by this time next year, you could just be cranking out songs left and right or finishing off all these half finished ideas you have that, and that might just be the thing you need to do. Cause I mean, I don't know if anybody wrote a masterpiece, their first song ever, you know, because you got to start somewhere, you know, right. you got to set the bar somewhere. But I mean, that's easy for me to say sitting here having, I've, I like wrote one punk song when I was 18 and that was it, you know, ever since then, I just like never wrote another song to completion. And I've got like lyrics written down that I've never put chords to. And I've got riffs down that I've never put words to. And I just can't figure out how to mush it together. But I think, you know, maybe people like you and I just need to pick a spot and go with it and be comfortable with it and see what happens. Cause you can only go up from there. It's not like you're just going to get worse at it. You know? Exactly. It's yeah. Just trying to surround yourself with the right people to try to get that right vibe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of that too, like I've, uh, Jesse Wilson writes some of his own songs and things like that. And I've sat around and spun some ideas off of him and I've seen other people spin ideas off of him. And sometimes it's something as simple as just like, just change these two chords around. And you know, that's, that's now your chorus. And you're like, I would have never thought of that. And it's that simple and it sounds amazing, you know? And you just get so much into your own head. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. And I mean, like I've even sat down with Jesse where it's just like, we're spinning just random chord progressions off of one another. And to me, it's just droll nonsense where it's just like, oh yeah, G, E minor, C, you know, just like whatever. But to him, he's just like, dude, this could be a song. And it's like, I don't see it that way, but somebody else does and they can, you know, help you put it into a song or something like that. Just based on the fact that he's done it a handful of times and he's better at it than I am, you know? So maybe just spinning the idea off somebody else might be the, the thing people like you and I need, or just, going out there and doing it. Cause it's, it's no different than just like playing the guitar. Like your first show singing ever. It's just like, it feels like an impossibility and you think, I don't know if I can do this, but then once you get the first one under your belt, you're just like, I'm ready for the next one, you know? So 
So that's that's something else. I'm going to be looking out for your, your solo shows. There won't be any links down below in the descriptions for that. But if you're looking for the solo shows, I guess just keep an eye on the Northern Iowa music scene area. Fort Dodge-ish area. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm assuming. Fort Dodge area? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. Otherwise, uh, Corey Waller and the Wicked Things, you guys got a handful of shows. I actually have them pulled up on the computer over there. Um but I'll put a link down below for anybody looking for some of that. I would highly suggest going to one of your guys' shows. Like I said, I've I've not seen you guys live, but I I already it's like one of those things. I already know it's good, you know. So it's it's not gonna not be good. I've seen Jay Clyde. I've seen everybody play in other bands. You guys are all amazing musicians, and Corey's a heck of a singer songwriter. So um, I'm I'm really sad I missed all you guys playing at Crash My Crater, but. Uh, you know, there'll be other times. There's other shows. I can see them right there. There's, There's plenty of other shows. Yes. Um, I mean, all across, you know, Northern Iowa and a little bit beyond, too. I mean, it's Sac City, Fort Dodge, Twin Lakes, Webster City, Early, Carroll, Gallery. So that's pretty much the majority of the northern or north central Iowa area. If anybody's looking for, for a good show to go to, just check the links down below for some of that. Um, yeah, that's... I'm stoked for you guys. I really am, you know, and that's one of those things when I heard that Jay Clyde was going to kind of fold, I was just like, sad. Like, you know, they were stalwarts in the area. They've been around forever and they always put on a good show, but I feel like they've transformed into, or at least part of them have transformed into something else that's, you know, a new, new thing that might be just as good or better. Just a different avenue. That's all. A different one. That's, that's a good way of putting it. I shouldn't say it's going to be better because I... I haven't seen it yet, so I haven't been able to compare it and put my own opinion and wager on it. But like I said, I know you guys are all amazing musicians, so I know it's going to be amazing. And based on like the videos I saw online, isn't it weird how videos don't do it justice? I mean, they do, but they don't. Like, it's so nearly impossible to capture oh, that, yeah. that lightning in a bottle like that. It's a, yeah, it's a once in a lifetime moment, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah, there's something, there's just something about going to live shows and being able to experience that firsthand, like seeing and feeling that emotion that people are giving to you. It's, and the, you know, the people in the room around you, everyone's just so jazzed, so buzzed to be there. Just, there's just nothing like live music. Yeah, it's, you know, and that's how I actually met a lot of these people that have been on the podcast, you included. Like, I saw you sing at a jam night and was just like, all right, I'm going to ask her if she'd be on the podcast or whatever, you know. And like I said, it took a while, but we finally got this got this done. And we're actually like an hour in already, so it's a nice, easy convo. But, you know, and that's, that's just the thing. Like, just going to jam nights and seeing everybody interacting with one another and how positive everybody is up north here. Um, and once again, if everyone's like, where are these jam nights at? They're uh, Barnum jam nights every Tuesday, 7 to question mark, so... Uh, at the junkyard in Barnum, Iowa, if you guys are looking for a fun time swing out. Um, I might be there. Emily might be there. Um, you never know who's going to show up, and that's one of the best parts about those shows is it's different every time. And it's just a bunch of musicians literally going there to do what they love because they love doing it. Because it's not like we're all getting paid to show up and play. <laughs> Definitely just uh, almost burped into the mic. Sorry, everybody. Um, but, yeah, so if you guys are looking for stuff uh, as far as Emily, Corey Waller would be the, the link down below to check out. There's plenty of shows coming up this summer. Um, I'm not sure. I'm sure Corey's going to still take more bookings and fit it in there where he can with uh, everybody being busy in other bands as well as being solo artists, etc. So I, d I do wish you all the best of luck going solo, too, because that's such a nerve-wracking thing. But I think now that you got a few of those under your belt, you're probably more excited than nervous to do them. Oh yeah, they're 
I, I really do love doing solo shows because you know, you get that chance to, like I said before, kind of express yourself in a different way, try new things. And if it doesn't work out, like, well, guess I won't try that again. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. You got to remain positive, remain positive. And it's not always easy, but you always got to remain positive. If something doesn't work, just don't be like, I suck. I'm done forever. No more music. Goodbye, everyone, you know, and just hide. And that's, you know, it's a good way to kind of try things out for like the band part, too. I mean, if something works there, you might be able to throw it in here. Mm hmm. It's really hard to try new things on the fly. Yes. When you're, you know, singing harmonies or something like that, it might not mesh. So you, just, you know, no bail, I guess. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that because you could do something solo that ends up, you'd be like, well, this has actually worked well for me. And you bring it to Corey and be like, this worked well for me. Maybe we try it here, you know, in a different fashion of some sort and do it this way and see what happens. Right. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But like, you know. Once again, you're not going to be doing it on the fly. You're not just going to be like, lean over and be like, this song's, you know, C, F, and G, go for it. You know, like, (laughs) y'all know the words? No? Well, let's try it anyways. So, but, and I mean, that's one of the things I think is pretty cool about playing with Jesse, though. He's pretty well musically versed where someone's like, play this song, and he can just like look up the chords and be like, yeah, I bet I can play it. You know, because he's heard a lot of songs where I'm more like sheltered. I pick music I like and try to, I don't steer too far out of my own avenues as Mm -hmm. far as listening to music, so... I think that's where some people have a little bit of an advantage over me as a musician, probably. Um, Jesse's kind of like a musical jukebox. Like, he can just kind of play anything and be like, yeah, that's good. I'll I'll try this. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's another thing that's kind of fun about him is he'll somebody will be playing something and he's just like, dude, this guy was playing this song and in my head I was singing Back in Black by ACDC to it. And I was like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But, it, it like, the chords aren't the same and stuff, but the lyrics and everything fit somehow so i don't know how you came up with that but that's the other beauty about music everyone's different everybody looks at it different everybody has their own style and it doesn't matter how long you've been doing your talent level and things like that you just got to keep grinding and keep going and uh i think you got big things ahead of you i don't know exactly what your like ultimate goal is to play music but i don't know if anybody really does honestly so yeah, pretty much play until my fingers fall off and my <laughs> voice does not work anymore. That's <laughs> that's the end game. That's the end game. Well, it sounds like a good end game, and I think you've got a good head on your shoulders to achieve those goals. So, um, I did cover pretty much everything I wrote notes on. Um, any fun stories or anything that we didn't tell on the podcast that you want to get out there? Any thank yous? Any any hi moms or anything like that? <laughs> You did give your mom a shout out like right at the beginning though, so I'm sure. Well, yeah, be she's the that. rock, so I kind of have to. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, I guess a thank you to the people who brought me here, uh, Salty Views, and you know Tim, Alyssa, and Corey, and Scott, and Paul, and literally everyone who's just been in my corner since day one. They're like, even if I'm uncomfortable, they'll shove me out on stage. Be like, all right, you got to do it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to do it now. <laughs> I'm glad to the people who've pushed me beyond my comfort zone, I guess. Yeah. And that's, that's such an important thing to get outside of your own comfort zone though. I, it's so awkward, but I mean, that's kind of the point. I mean, as dumb as it sounds like that's the point of life probably, you know, honestly, like, because otherwise, like, everyone would just be like, I, I went to high school, I got one job, I stayed there forever, you know, I never tried anything new, I just eat pizza every night, it's just the same thing over and over again, that's, I mean, that's, that's okay. fucking boring. I mean, that's, comf- <laughs> that's comfortable, but it's also, I mean, if that was all you did, it'd be like, I got tired, I'd get tired of being at the factory and eating Jack's pizzas every day, you know, like, just, eventually you're gonna have to try something new, you know. After a week, if you're not sick of it, then 
there's something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jack's pizzas. Leave me alone. <laughs> like that cardboard? Yeah. Oh, man. Come on. They're, they're delicious. No. Uh, okay. So we've got all the thank yous out of the way. Uh, Emily, thank you very much for sitting down talking with me. Um, hopefully this wasn't too awkward for you because I know, you know, I'll, I'll just say it at the end here. You and I didn't know each other very well. And I mean, we still don't know each other. We talked for an hour. I mean, it's not like we're best friends or anything. But we... You don't you know, want to be my friend? Wow. I didn't say that. <laughs> that's actually, um, I will have to say, that's actually how I learned you were also a human being. Because I was like, this lady sings great. She won't want to be on my podcast. But you like disarmed me with a joke. And that was like, okay, human being. And I, I always have to remind myself of that no matter who I run into. Like these people are human beings. Even if they're talented, they're still just humans. So I'm just this awkward Short little motherfucker. I can't like. I can't even talk right. I can't do nothing. But I mean, I'll try to tell you a joke, and if and I'll and I'll, I'll you know degrade myself a little bit to make it even funnier. So. Self-deprecating humor. Oh man, it's the way to it's the way to go. Anytime, any place. <laughs> well, Emily, thank you very much for sitting down, taking time out of your day to thank sit down so and talk much. with me. Thank you so much. This was been this has been fun. It really, yeah. Uh, you know, it honestly has. Uh, once again, both of us were nervous, and ended up being a really good podcast. So thank you. Thank you. There it is. There's the episode. Sat down and talked with Emily for a whole hour, and it worked out really well. I learned a lot of things, not only about singing. Like I said earlier in the intro, I was like, I guess I really didn't really think that people who were good at singing had to practice at it, but it only makes sense that they do. So it's kind of, I guess it's just one of those like duh moments halfway through the podcast. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, to get good at anything, even if you are naturally good at it, you kind of still have to practice or at least keep your chops up in some fashion or another. So, uh, you know, it is, it's a little humbling to be around people who can sing that well at jam nights, but like we also talked about in the episode, everyone's got their strengths, uh, and we all play to our strengths the best we can at jam nights, and when we go out and play live, and what we don't have as strengths, we try to work on, and we practice, and we get good at it. And, uh, you know, it's also another one of those things I thought about during the podcast, you know, you gotta get outside of that comfort zone, and... Uh, we're, we're not all the best at it all the time, but it's fun when we do get out of the comfort zone because the anxiety just goes away. And guess what? We're just making music. And that's one of my favorite things about going to jam nights and meeting new people and watching music, you know, everywhere around Northern Iowa and beyond. I go down to central Iowa and, and watch music down there too. And, uh, speaking of watching music, I have yet to see Corey Waller and the Wicked Things. I will absolutely make one of their shows. I guarantee it. If you guys are wondering where to find those Corey Waller and the Wicked Things shows, go down to the description section down below. Click on the links for the Facebook page. I believe there's also an Instagram page. I will put it in the description down there. Click on them, follow, like, share, subscribe, tweet, all this stuff. Uh, this f- uh, Just a band packed full of phenomenal musicians from one end all the way to the next. I... I guarantee you i will be at one of those shows this summer i guarantee it i'm not i can't just go the whole summer without seeing them i already missed them a few times when they were close by and i'm not going to do it again if i can help it i will go to one of the shows but uh the summer schedules are ramping up for a lot of bands around the area so make sure you you know take up the opportunities you have to go see live music when you can if it's something you enjoy uh it's definitely worth going out and enjoying it i know there's a lot of other musicians that are busy because you know we're all getting busy with bookings, so it's it's tough to go see your friends play live when you're also playing live. But I will definitely make time out of my take some time out of my busy schedule to go watch that. Uh, it's like I said, it's a band packed full of some amazing musicians, and uh, Emily's not foreign to that concept either. You know, she was with Salty Views for a while. 
started at a young age, which is pretty wild. It's a, a big testament to everyone in Salty Views, her family and everyone around her to encourage her to do good things at such a young age. And, and it's honestly, it's up to her to keep going because I, I think I mentioned it in the episode. I just kind of like quit when I was in my early 20s and didn't really do much through most of my 20s so hats off to her for keeping keeping on keeping on grinding away so um yeah appreciate you sitting down talking with you talking with me emily i gotta say thanks to everybody for listening to the episode uh this was a fun one for me it's not always easy sitting down talking with people i don't know but i did have a good time sitting down talking with emily so thank you very much for listening to this episode if you want to support the podcast all you have to do is just give us a like or a subscribe or a, a poke or a tweet uh, let people know you listen. Comment on, on the episodes. Share them away with some of your friends. If you like this episode, scroll back through. You might know some people in some of the older episodes. Uh, if you guys are looking to support monetarily, there's always the Patreon page. It's $1 a month to watch video versions of the podcast. It's all it costs is $1 a month. You can watch all the video versions of the podcast you want. They're all there. And uh, if it's not something you want to do, then it's always going to be free for the audio versions there's always going to be clips available on the YouTube channel as well. If you want to support non-monetarily, the best way I would say to do that would be either to just share the episode's comments so I know you were listening, or maybe just subscribe to the YouTube channel. I did say something last week where if I get to 300 subscribers, I will unleash the first 20 Patreon episodes for free. So if that ends up happening, I will let go of some of those coveted Patreon episodes so people can watch them instead of just listening to them. But that's totally up to you guys. Uh, if you're looking to subscribe to something, it's it's pretty inconsequential to most people to subscribe to a new YouTube channel, but it means the world to me. So if you're looking to do something fun, subscribe to the Audible Farm YouTube channel. There's links for that down below. But I, I got to say thanks once again to the guest, Emily. I got to say thanks once again to everybody listening. And, uh, you know, it's it's just so fun to sit down and talk with new people and learn new things it's humbling to be around so many good musicians in such a small area up here in northern iowa and uh i'm, I'm looking to meet up with some more people and talk to some more people there's still some people up here i haven't talked to and i need to sit down and talk with them and there's also people that have been hitting me up from around the state that i need to sit down and talk to too so um yeah i guess if i want to say one more thing before i take off i gotta give a shout out to the pork tornadoes I got to play a show with the Pork Tornadoes over the last week, and it was tons of fun. I had such a blast. Those guys are the real deal. I I don't want to just like pump them up because this isn't really like an episode about them, but I had a blast sitting down playing with those guys. Uh, well, I guess I didn't play with them. I opened up for them, and uh, yeah, one of the most fun shows I've had going to watch a local band in a long time. So if you guys are looking for a Pork Tornadoes show... Uh, that's that's where to that's where to do it. Uh, crazy thing about that is I'm doing some online training for an occupation, and one of the people in my training segments is from I believe they're from South Carolina, but I mentioned the Pork Tornadoes and they'd heard of them, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, Iowa music's making its way around the nation, and you know it just it's all about supporting one another and getting out there and doing the best you can. So I really appreciate everybody supporting the podcast. Go out there and support the musicians. Like I said, uh, Corey Waller and the Wicked Things. The Facebook page, the Instagram page, and more. Uh, follow the links down below and and go check them out sometime live. And I will maybe see you at the show. All right, see everybody later. Peace. Hey, Corey. 